0: Amen. man. We've got a baby dedication. If Brother Daniel and Sister Carol bring their little son, we'll dedicate him to the Lord today. Bring
1: them in. <clears throat> bring them in. Bring
0: dedicate them when they're babies, not when they're half grown. He's a a little man, ain't he? Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, the joy that's in my brother and sister's heart today. I'm sure it's beyond what they can even explain. To be able to look down at a little boy or a little girl and see the mixture of their DNA and their chromosomes and Truly, it's a miracle how our nation so many, many years ago fallen to such a place where they would legalize killing such little gifts from God. We're grateful for men and women who still desire to bring children into the earth to assume the awesome responsibility of trying to love them, nurture them, raise them. We thank you, Father, for our brother and sister. We pray the Spirit of God would help them, give them wisdom, Lord, Give them strength to be able to know how to raise their little son, to be able to teach him in the admonition of God. May be so, so familiar with the sounds of prayer in their home. May the music of the gospel be able to be something that he's raised from just a little guy of hearing. May the word of God be implanted so in his heart that he gets old enough to be able to make the choice of right from wrong impression upon his little mind will be so great. There'll be no question which way he will go. Your prophet tells us, Lord, of some boys, brothers, many of them, that was raised in a home. Oldest one went to be a sailor, second, and so on, and so on, and so on. They would begin to question and wonder what it was that imprinted upon their little lives. and Went back and found out that it was a picture of a boat in the bedroom where they were all raised. And it's so imprinted something on their hearts. If a picture can do that, what about the love of God? Father, we bring him to you today, dedicate his little life to you for a life of service. We thank you for him, God. Keep him from the evils of the day, the diseases and sicknesses that are so rampant, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Notice Brother West was ready clapping loud there. He's
2: <laughs> standing there.
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Somebody. We believe our children are part of our <clears throat> heritage as the people of God, of who we are. It's a great, great privilege to be able to bring children into the earth and then to assume the responsibility to raise them and teach them. It's just so sad that our Our society and our civilization has become so self-centered that millions of babies being aborted, it's uh, one day our nation as well as the nations of the world will stand before God and answer for all that they've done. When you look at it, some animals have more love for their young than people do. You ever really look at a chimpanzee or an ape or a silverback? Those males that are in charge of their family will fight to the death to protect a wee baby. And some human beings are so beneath animals, they will give their babies away. We hear about it all the time, being dropped in a garbage disposal or a woman give birth to a baby and target and walk off and leave it. Men, women walk off and leave their babies. Do you understand where we are? People are lower than monkeys apes we're not talking about comparing a human to another human we're talking about our society our world is lower than animals take the spirit of god off of a human being they are worse than a chimpanzee worse than an ape that's why i thank god for parents that want to raise their kids most of the time, whenever I dedicate these babies, I'm dedicating their mom and daddy along with them. You've noticed that, so. Because really, it's, I mean, that little baby didn't come with a manual. He didn't come with a book or a CD on how to, you know. Amen. God bless you. Let's read together today, Psalm of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 11. We'll read <clears throat> through verses 13. Count it a privilege to be able to be gathered together again today in the presence of the Lord. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourish, whether the tender grape appear. The pomegranates bud forth. There will I give thee my loves. Remember now, the pomegranates from the Mediterranean area are two colors, the red and the white, the mixture of the cross. So she's identifying her redemption in the colors of the scarlet and the white. The pomegranates bud forth, there will I give thee my loves. The mandrakes give a smell, and at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee. Oh, my beloved, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have ears to be able to hear it. We ask, Father, as James said so many, many years ago, may we not be forgetful hearers. May we not only just acknowledge that it's right and acknowledge that it's true, but, Father, may there be something that will correspond in our souls that will help us to want to live it. As we look into the great things that lay before us today, I pray that you would anoint us, Lord. May we move for just a few moments, as it were, beyond time. May we leave this building. May our thoughts be enraptured in the presence of God. Lord, what great things lay in front of us. Our future is definitely clear. How thankful we are, Lord. Be with us today. Speak to us once again, we ask, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> for those of you that wasn't with us last night, we were looking at uh, some of the purposes of God fulfilling the millennium and the cause of the millennium of what he wants to fulfill in the word. Uh, <clears throat> the first one that we looked, just background for just a little bit. The first one that we looked at it is the transition from time and to eternity, the transition from the age that we currently live in into the eighth day, the age of perfection and stage of perfection. Also, God will finalize and complete the Abrahamic covenant that was made to Abraham, that the children of Israel will be able to have this land and he along with them. Also, the Palestinian covenant, which was the covenant made with God, and the people to the land of Palestine. And we looked at it showing that God's promises, though they may linger, yet God is obligated to his own character to fulfill. That word. Been thousands and thousands of years since God told Abraham that he and his seed would be heir to the land. Yet to this very day, I was telling Brother Horn just a little bit ago, there's walls and things built around Israel, as we was there in May, and sing the minarets, which is a sign of an Arab community. Uh, they have it divided into three basic categories and groups, and you got Arabs over here, which is they have their autonomy, their own autonomy, they make their own laws and all those sorts of things, and Israelis not even even allowed in there, and yet that land belongs to them. How is it that you've got these, these Palestinian authority, and you've got um, you know, all the people of the world saying, you can do this, and you can't do that, and you cannot, according to the promise of God, God gave it to Abraham. What caused it? Their sin. It's the same way with us. God gives us the rights as Christians to be all these things that he wants us to be, but when we allow sin to in our life, and the devil tells us what we can and will and cannot do. But we realize that God is going to restore our land as He's going to restore the land of Israel and it's the promise of God. So we'd like to pick up on that this morning and and be able to look at there is another covenant that God made. It is called the Davidic covenant. Now this is beyond of course the Adamic covenant. This is beyond the covenant given to Abraham. It goes along with it but yet it's more complementary. It's more catered to one man and his his lineage than it would be the nation itself. Now God chose of course Abraham being a Gentile and God calls him out makes him a great covenant promise then God goes inside of that lineage and divides it and he makes the Levites even more called out than the land of Israel itself and then God can break it down on an individual basis to where that God picks certain individuals to do certain things above the nation and that's what he done to David so God was not just making a man <clears throat> that he would be able to be a king for 40 years which was the ideal span of time that God would let a and be a king in the natural sense but God was also making a future kingdom he's going to make the Davidic covenant by which God will make certain promises to David and David's line alone which will not apply to the rest of the children of Israel you believe God can do that God can call certain individuals. He can make them preachers, pastors, prophets. He can make them whatever He wants to make them. And God can gift them above their brethren. God can give them more things than their brethren. And the rest of the brethren should be able to accept that. But many times, of course, they don't. But God chose David. He was, of course, the wee one, the one that everybody else thought, and neither, nothing ever, ever happened to him. As a matter of fact, whenever the prophet comes and he calls for a, a Jesse to bring his sons in, he don't even remember David. Well, that's greatly to be loved and thought about by your daddy in it that when daddy calls in all the brothers you're the only one they forget so they just kind of leave you out there where you belong because you're kind of a knothead anyway so they leave you out there by yourself you're a little bit fanatical you're quite musical and most musical people can be kind of highly emotional and so on so they leave him out there because he shouts and jumps around and plays the harp and everything so they thought he might you know really interrupt this type of thing no he wasn't going to interrupt it as a matter of fact He was the reason the prophet was there. So let it be known to you and I today, we're not going to interrupt heaven. We're one of the reasons that heaven is made. I'm one of the reasons that there is a rapture. So I'm not going to be an interruption to the rapture. So God calls David, now we'll, we'll, let's read this if you would in Second Samuel chapter 7 verse 8, and this is identified and called the Davidic covenant. Now therefore so shalt thou say unto my servant David, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight and have made thee a great name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth now notice this is not inclusive with all of israel this is the davidic covenant that is hid inside the abrahamic covenant also hid inside the palestinian covenant you understand now god is going to make a special covenant with this man which is separate but inclusive with the abrahamic covenant notice in verse 10 more. I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them now notice David is in the land of Palestine in the land of Israel whenever the prophet of God is going to say these words to him but yet God's saying it as if though this is a future event that God is going to appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more now notice this is important it is key when we understand the tense of God's Word that God says things in present tense God will save them in past tense and God will save them in future tense now here they are present tense they're living in the land David of course has his capital in Jerusalem and the land of Israel is prospering doing very well never entered actually into the full boundary from the river Nile over to the Euphrates, but Quite a quite a large possession of land. But yet God is saying they will move no more. Why is God saying this? Because God is speaking prophetically and putting the tense of the word, they've got a lot of moves before this portion of the word will come to pass. Now this will coincide with the Abrahamic covenant that God will give it to them and they will never move. It will also coincide with the Palestinian covenant that they will never have to move again. But so far. It seems as if though they're in a great peaceful time and they'll move no more neither shall the children of wickedness which included the Philistines, the Amorites, the Jews, the Poles. Now listen, all those that are born of Abraham are not the seed of Abraham. All Jews are not elect. Jews will persecute the 144,000. That's right. Jews will persecute the 144,000. Just like so-called message people will persecute the bride. Because they're not the same thing notice that God puts them all in one of them category and he says the children of wickedness will afflict them no more as before time now friends honestly we can all say that this scripture has not been fulfilled as of yet because the children of Israel are still under great oppression from all different uh, points around the world even though they're not all gathered in, in Jerusalem or in the land of Palestine and we know that it will finally wind up with all the nations of the earth gathering together in the battle which is in the valley of Megiddo, which is called Armageddon. And there, of course, Christ will come down and fight for them. Notice he says in verse 11, And that since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee a house. Now, a house is not what we would think that God's going to build him a structure, but a house was something that God would give them, a heritage, which was a name and a reputation and a character which would actually outlive their natural posterity on the earth. So David's going to live to be 70 something years old and he will die. But God said, I'm going to build you a house which will not die when you die. In other words, your name and your posterity and your identification will live much longer than you ever live because I'm going to build you a house. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels. And remember, Scripture can have a compound meaning, and we're going to read a portion here that does. Out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. Now notice, speaking of the son of David in the spiritual sense, but also of Solomon in the natural sense. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. But of course, we know that didn't happen to Solomon because it was actually taken away from him because of his unbelief. Now here though, watch how God does this and he slides in the messianic kingdom of Christ and then he reverts back to the Solomonic kingdom in verse 14. I will be his father and he shall be my son if he commit iniquity, which couldn't apply to the Lord Jesus since he never done that, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men but my mercy, listen to this scripture how profound, but my my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul whom I put away before thee. Now for me tell you something, you talking about something, the same God who offers us mercy can also take it away. And I don't care how much you beg, how much you scream, and how much you holler for it, if God takes it, you're done so am I so is the nation so we see then it was God who gave the mercy to Saul but notice because Solomon is going to be a part and a beneficiary of the Davidic covenant God tells him and God knows that Solomon will get away but God tells him even before Solomon ever reigns if he ever gets away from me I will treat him because of you I will treat him different than the way I treated Saul because whenever he messes up I will treat him with a rod of correction, I will use kings I will use people, I will use all these things and I will not I promise you David I will not cut off your son well if God could make that promise to David, how much more can God the spirit, make that promise to the body, Jesus and say I will never cut off your seed This is why you're secure today, my friends, not because of our faithfulness, not because we're so good. Why? If it wasn't for the mercy of God, there ain't no telling where we'd all be this morning. That's right. Notice, and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever. And before thee, notice now it's not just going to be established forever, but it will be established forever before thee, speaking of a time that David will be in existence, and the word forever in the Hebrew, of course, is anion, which is a space of time. But your kingdom will be so established that the years and the generations will pass, and you will see it, which could not come to pass when he was a mere mortal. Amen. But it will come to pass when he's glorified. Praise God. Notice again in Psalms 89 3. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I love this word. Amen. Chosen. Look at it in the Hebrew word. Bokir. Choice one. Chosen one. Elect of God. Now let me ask you something. Do you reckon the early Apostolic Church was Free Will Baptist? You reckon the early apostolic church had any problem with predestination and election and and foreordination? You reckon, I mean, them being Jews and coming with this background of election, you imagine what some of the apostolic preachers, how they would hear some of the message preachers preach predestination and they'd say, you boys don't even know nothing about first beast. You imagine them struggling with free moral agency and imagine them really having a hard time trying to understand predestination? Not at all. Predestination, election, foreknowledge, sovereignty of God was a common teaching among the apostolic believers as it will be among the restored apostolic believers in the last day. Only the free will Baptists among us will struggle with it not apostolic believers because it's a foundation of who they were they believed they were the chosen people can you imagine any of the apostolic christians jews starting out with struggling believe in election they would have never had such a struggle why the whole basis of who they were was based upon god's choice not theirs well, I'm just going to just go ahead and say it, some of you may not like it, but I wonder how many apostolic sermons were ever preached entitled free moral agency. Show me one New Testament sermon that was ever preached or they ever quoted such. It wasn't even written till Paul was dead. Jesus saying in the book of Revelation, whosoever will let him come, show me one place in your Bible where they ever stood up and preached. it. What did they preach though? Elect. According to the foreknowledge of God. Amen. And the sanctification of the spirit. And belief of the truth. That's what they believed. Oh my goodness. How in the world did I get off that? Did you need that? Or you? (laughs) Notice now. Psalms 89.4. Thy seed will I establish forever. And build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. Verse 34, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. His seed shall endure forever, and his throne. Wow. This is part of the Davidic covenant. Look, friends, it's not yet happened. But it will. Amen. Glory. He is sworn as the sun before me. Notice Psalms eighty-nine, thirty-seven. It shall be established forever as the moon. And as a faithful witness in heaven. Salah. Salah was a musical connotation. Kind of like a pause or a turnaround as we'd call it in the music. Now remember this was a song. It must have been really something that David was singing about himself. Isaiah one thirty two eleven or Psalms rather, the Lord has sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it, of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. I don't care what the POL says, PLO, I don't care what Arabs say, I don't care what the English say, I don't care what Trump says or Obama says or nobody else says, this is what God says. Amen. The land of Israel belongs to the children of Israel, and they're fixing to take it over. Amen. Not only them, but we are too. Amen. Now I am currently a resident of Tennessee. In the United States of America, but before long, I'm changing my residence. Praise be to God. Amen. Won't be very, very long. I'm going in the rapture. I'm going to be there for three and a half years. I'm coming back down to rule with my Lord upon this earth, of which I will have an address for a thousand years. I will then be lifted up while the earth is being burned off. I will come back down in my new city. And here I will live forever and forever and forever with no end. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many's moving with me? Lord, children, if we could get our eyes on the promises, the promises and realize how close they are, how these things out here would fade. My, my. Notice Hosea. Hosea chapter 3, verse 5, as he says, afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God. And David, their king. (laughs) They'll seek the Lord their God. And they'll be saying, Where's David? David's got to be here somewhere. Thank you, Lord. And shall fear the Lord and his goodness. When? In the latter days before time fades out and the last thousand-year increment is finished. It blends into eternity. Luke 1, 31, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and break forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus, Yahshua. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. So David is his father, but yet he's David's father. This is a father-son relationship. Glory to God. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David, and he shall reign... Over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. The resurrected King David will rule as a prince under the dominion of King Jesus. There will be Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Reuben, Issachar, Dan, Naphtali, Judah, on and on and on, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Haggai, Habakkuk, all the saints of God, will they be there in glorified bodies? Yes! The elected raised God, Jews will be resurrected in glorified bodies, there will be the elect Gentile bride made up through seven church ages and glorified bodies, and there will be millions of human beings living on the earth in natural unglorified bodies. Do you understand there will be a resurrection that will call them out of the graves in glorified bodies? And there will be a resurrection of the heathen in non-glorified bodies. You said you mean God can cause a man to get up from the dead and not have a glorified body? Why don't you ask Lazarus? Why don't you ask the little maid? He called her from the dead and she railed Lazarus lived for how many ever years and died after his resurrection? Amen. But if you're born again, you can't die after your resurrection. Amen. Now let us move from here. Let's move to the book of Daniel. Daniel sees the coronation. Of King Jesus. Praise God. You and I are so excited about the rapture under such anticipation. Can you imagine King Jesus? He has been waiting now for 2,000 years, he's been a victor. He's been a victor. To be able to redeem his people from sin, but he's been waiting for 2,000 years to actually be crowned king. Never in history did a king ever wait 2,000 years to be crowned. But he put off the coronation (laughs) until all of his elect. Could be there in glorified bodies. Angels could have already done it. But he said, I don't want you angels doing it. I want my wife doing it. Hallelujah. I want my children. I want my people to crown me king. I will wait. Can you imagine how much he loves you and how much he wants to incorporate you into who he is. That he don't even want to be crowned yet until the Gentile ages are done. Until his people can stand there and dress in garments, glorified bodies, that would be fitted for the occasion. It would be unbecoming for us to stand there now in these bodies and crown him king. We're going to crown him king, the eternal one, and standing there in mortal rags, dust, and ashes. Oh, oh, so he said, I'm going to put the coronation off. Right. Praise the Lord. I'm going to wait till seven ages have passed. Yes, till every name that is in my personal diary has been redeemed then I'll pick the day that I'll become crowned and the day I become crowned is the day I will crown her as my queen notice Daniel seven thirteen. I saw in the night visions and behold one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came through this bright light, this pillar of fire, this invisible God, which cannot even be seen unless you take on elements of time to be able to make himself known. I can't believe in anything invisible. Really? Then your words, do you see them? Really? What about your thoughts? You took them out and handled them, played with them? What about love, joy, peace? Invisible. Jesus is the image Of the invisible God, and here the visible image comes before the invisible. Glory. Came to the ancient of days, and they brought him there before him. Glory to God. Remember, God is not a man or friends could grasp this if you could be able to see it it would straighten up all your misunderstanding about the Godhead God is not a man God is not a human being God is spirit and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people nations and languages should serve him His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Notice in verse 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven. I hope you decided to attend church this morning, devil. Because we'd like to fry you. We'd like to serve you. Notice you ain't got much time left. Amen. Amen. The devil's kingdom will not be forever. The devil's kingdom will not last. He's won through all this stuff that he's done. And he gets three and a half years. To be king. (laughs) But listen to our king dominion oh glory to god the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given oh no oh no the greatness of the kingdom shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey Revelation 19.16 And he hath on his vesture and on his style a name written King of Kings And Lord Of Lords So he's the big king Over the little kings and the big Lord over the little Adonites. He is king of kings. I'm Lord of... I don't just mean he's above all the rest of the kings. It means that he is the king of kings. Well, glory to God. As the king of Norway is king of Norwegians. The queen is of England is queen of all of her domain. And Jesus is king of kings. <laughs> Revelation 1.6 and has made us kings. And priest unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 5:10. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Praise, yes, Praise. Yes. Praise be to God. Revelation 20 and 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath hearted the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So the saints will resurrect in glorified bodies and share the kingdom with the king. According to what you have done with what God's given you in life will be the delegated authority given to you in the millennium. Now remember, it's not just about, well, God does it all and I've just kind of sat around and twiddle my thumbs and, oh, no, no, no. No, you see, there's things you and I can do with what God gives us. God gives you a gift. What do you do with that gift? God gives you an ability. God puts money in your hands. God puts different things in your hand. And your reward now. Remember, the saints of God will not be judged before the white throne judgment. We go before the the seat of Christ, but it's only for rewards. You're gonna be standing before Him according to what? According to what you've done was what God put in your hands. Well, I ain't got nothing, you've got time. You've got your life, you've got your mind, you've got your will. You've got all of that and God will make us answer. Our reward is determined according to what we do with what God puts in our hands. Oh, brother Donnie, I'm not sure I believe that. Well... Matthew chapter 19, verse 28, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that you which have followed me in the regeneration of the Son of Man will sit in the throne of the glory. You shall also sit with me upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now these, of course, are apostolic judges. Will everybody get that? Nope. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler... Over many things enters out into the joy of thy Lord. Now, you're not talking about preachers. You're talking about lay folks. God puts things in our hands. Abilities, influence, gifts, talents, so on and so on. Your reward will be according to what you do with them. Now, some people want to do the minimum requirement. What do I have to do just to barely make it in? I don't know how people like that even say they love God. Anybody that don't want to give Him their all after all He's done for us, I don't understand them. I've got to be honest, I just don't understand them. Some folks, it's like they're afraid they'll do too much. Really? You're going to do too much for God. You're going to pray too much, read your Bible too much, give up too much? There ain't no way. Notice, he says in Luke twenty two twenty eight, "Yea, ye that all which I have continued with me in my temptations, again the apostles, and I appoint you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table." You imagine being able to eat was King Jesus. Jesus points you out, Brother Jim, and say, "Jimmy." Come over and have lunch with me. Fred, come over and have breakfast with me in the morning. And you're sitting there by the eternal one himself. I'm so glad that Father wanted to condescend into a form that I'd be able to touch. I wouldn't be able to to relate really to a being that's just light and a consuming fire, and power, and invisibility. I, 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 I wouldn't be able to relate to such, and God knew that, so God said, I want to become one like you all so i will i will actually become one like you and i will take upon me humanity and i will call that the son of god and i will let that be me which will be able to be identified with you and you can touch it you can look at it you can bow down you can put your arms around it, he'll put your, his arms around you i can't touch light i can't grab a hold of a pillar of fire but i can grab a hold of nail scarred hands i can grab a hold of nail scarred feet Second Timothy chapter two verse twelve: If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Revelation two twenty six: He that overcometh and keepeth my works, isn't it amazing? Here he doesn't say word. And what was the works of the Lord Jesus? Casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead. It's not just those of you who quote the prophet. It's not just because you think you're quoting the words you're going to get in. Right here, the inclusive part part of God is the power of God. Acts 1 and 8 being inside of you. That the continuing works of the Lord Jesus will be reflected in the believer's churches. Well, praise God. I enjoyed that. I'm sorry y'all didn't. (laughs) He that overcometh and keepeth my works. Showing there will be an apostolic church right on down to the rapture. Unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Where? Seventh day. Dawn of the seventh morning. Praise God. Now listen how we're going to rule them. And he, speaking about the overcomer, will shall rule them with a rod of iron. Now this is not the eighth day, there'll be no need to have a rod of iron in the eighth day. Nobody that's hard headed, so you don't need a rod. So got some hard-headed folks in the millennium. Well, praise the Lord. We do millions, there'll be millions that'll be resurrected, and they'll make their choice in the land, and many of them will have to be ruled under sanctification. Don't you smoke? Don't you drink. Don't you run around. Well, see, we're doing it right now through the gospel dispensation of the kingdom of God. We're ruling now with the rod of the gospel, preaching sanctification and hammering it out in people's lives until they get born again. In the millennium, I say, everybody come up to the house of the Lord at the Feast of Tabernacles. Some of the Egyptians and some of the rest of them said, I ain't going. Lord said, suit yourself. Donnie, go take care of them. You and Tim go together. You two make quite a team. So you and Tim put go down there and tell them Egyptians because they didn't come to the house of God. I ain't getting no rain. Well, me and Brother Tim go down there, fly down there, and float the glorified bodies. And I say, All right, we're set as a delegation of the throne of the Almighty God because y'all didn't come to church. You ain't getting no more rain. When you change your mind, here's our card. Contact us then we'll speak the word, and we'll call rain back on your crops. Amen. You say, that's crazy. No, it ain't, that's what he tells us in the adoption series. That's when the sons of God will be manifested. Amen.
2: Amen. Lord
0: Jesus. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I have received of my father. Ooh, boy, it sounds like there's gonna be some rough stuff going on that, honey, But don't worry, little children, it ain't for you. Don't worry, little wifey. He ain't going to beat you around, kick you around. That's just men that don't deserve a wife in the first place to treat their wives that way. Jesus ain't going to use no rod on you. You're converted. You got a new body standing there. But he wants to make this transition from the seventh day to the eighth day when he will be able to present the kingdom to this invisible God and say every enemy has been subjected. Every enemy, death, hell, the grave, everything has been totally conquered. Then the Father light will say to the body, Son, come, my son, walk back into me. And the body we call Jesus emerges back into the Father light And turns and comes back around as it were And walks out with such brilliance The very God No more mediator, no more intercession, no more necessary There will be two types of kings on the earth in the millennium. The type that live in glorified bodies, the type that live in human bodies. The types that live in human bodies will set up under their nations, their government. But Jesus will be the prime minister or the king. Every government, if it's divided in nationalities like Africans and Indians and whatever more, every government on the earth in the days of the millennium will be under the headship of the Lord Jesus and there will be natural kings there unconverted you see why he wants to prove it can be done don't you understand what what much of this is about is to prove to him I can do this I've got this you say why would it why would it end that way how did it start it started in the garden of eden with the kingdom of heaven under the government of almighty god given to his vice regent on the earth how will it end before it merges back into eternity glory to god hallelujah with kingdoms on the earth except this time it won't be one man and one woman it will be millions of them and the vice regents on the earth by the government of the control of the son of david and they will say you do this you do this holding us to the lord we go to the house of god to worship we do this yes sir that's right praise god amen we're done it amen. and he'll take satan back and say look look you stopped my reign by my divine government in the garden of eden I prove to you with this little old chain of circumstance, all I've got to do is get rid of you and I can do what I want. We're talking about millions of people on the earth that don't even have the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine rubbing shoulders with saints and glorified bodies? <laughs> Can you imagine saints of God, they're standing there looking at you, and all of a sudden they decide they want to be in Norway. You're standing there talking to them, and they poof, they vanish. He's like, nah, get used to it. They do me that way all the time. Lord, <laughs> children, this is not a dream. This is not some wild, hatched stop story. This is your future. <laughs> This is your honeymoon. Brother Branham took his wife on a hunting trip for the honeymoon. Jesus. Jesus has taken his wife for a governmental trip on their honeymoon. You know you'll get tired of sitting up there in heaven just drinking whatever we drink and eating whatever we do. I know some of you, your ideal of heaven is Dunkin' Donuts on every corner. All the coffee, all the donuts, all the brulees, all the things you can eat and you never get fat. Some of you, that's heaven, right? I mean, that's heaven. That's it. One of the brothers told me the other day, he said, you said Baskin-Robbins wouldn't be in heaven. He said, but I believe Dunkin' will be. <laughs> But that's as far as our minds can allow us to go. We pick out our pleasures and what we enjoy. And we think, well, that's what heaven will be. It'll just be a great big dose of what I like best. No. It's for a reason. A purpose. A dominion. A kingdom. Oh, my. I see him as he walks around the corner over there. He's kind of red in the tint of his skin.
1: Oh, my. Who is that guy? Dear Lord, it's Adam and Eve. Oh, my. Yeah.
0: Adam. And he, Praise the Lord. and he comes up to the second Adam and bows before him, my Lord. I mean, brother, he'll be there. He will be there. Him and hers, what their fall is what brought all this upon the earth. But remember, his choice in the Garden of Eden was not whether he wanted to be a son of God or not. It was whether he wanted to stay in the pavilion of God's protection word. His name was on the book. No doubt the very next one under Jesus.
2: Alphabetical
0: order. Why didn't God throw him out? Why didn't God annihilate him? Because he was God's son. Hallelujah. You're imagining walking through life for years and years and every baby that would cry, every death that happened for his 930 years, him dealing with that, thinking, how can I ever forgive myself? You think you've done a lot of wrong? You think you've done a lot of guilt? How would you like to have been Adam? It'd been one thing if you'd have sinned and died, but you lived for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to see your sin multiplied upon humanity. How would he ever look at himself? How would he ever have any peace? I'll tell you how. He was able to go back and say, My father offered a lamb in my place. And I've got to believe somehow that lamb atones for me. Or I can't imagine what he must have went through in his mind. The first ache he had out of the garden. The first broken bone that somebody in the family had. The first baby that was born blind or crippled. Reminiscing of what it must have been inside that garden. I'm you, dear God, I caused all of this. Can you ever forget? Can you ever forgive me? My son Abel is dead. His half-brother took his life, treated him like an animal. It's my fault. All the sin on the earth. It's my fault. you imagine when he steps out that day. He's got Eve by the hand, her blonde hair hanging down her back, her blue eyes. And we all stand there and we say, Look, look. We'll know who they are because we'll be in our theophany bodies, merged together and are glorified, so we'll know all things. And we'll say, There he is. There's Adam. Amen. There's Eve. And I'll say, Adam, I preached about you all my life. Oh, Sister Eve. I've imagined what you must have looked like. Oh, Sister Eve. We won't stand there and say, down with Adam, down with Eve. All oh, let sort start a rally. They don't deserve to be in heaven. No, 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 no. No, no. Remember the Lord Jesus called Adam and Eve near. Don't worry. It's, it's all over now, Adam. I didn't make you do this, but you see, because you've done what you've done. Look at all this wife I've got now. And then look at all this group that's living outside the city, Adam. That's that's what I call the whosoever little group. I've got all them too. And if I'd have only called those out of the book of life, Adam, that they would never been here because they wouldn't in the Lamb's book of life. Don't, don't beat yourself down. I I, I took your mistakes and I was able to turn it around, and Adam. You're forgiven. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. <laughs> Lord, children, if you and I could look at it today, some of you still living under the guilt of your stain, your staying and your past and your sin and you let Satan condemn you day in and day out, you ought to be able to stand by the grace of God. If Adam could stand there under 930 years of seeing such stuff and say, I am forgiven. I don't know how an innocent lamb could be able to be taken in my place and almighty God forgive me for that, but I have to accept it. I can see him. And he's 930th year. He's already got old now, which I reckon you would at 930. <laughs> he got up that morning. Eve said, "You okay? I ain't feeling good today. I've been thinking a lot about going home." Adam, don't don't you go talk to me like that. I was down there the other day, just sharing with some of the brothers what it was like back there. If I got so homesick.
1: Adam, don't please don't. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. You've been my shield, my protector.
0: A lot of men would have never walked out with me in the garden. They'd let me be burnt. But you forfeited your kingdom. Don't leave me now. Oh, maybe it's just something's kind of passing. I don't know. Maybe it's something passing. But I imagine one day, when he was sitting there at the coffee shop, it was this young guy come in. He seen all this crowd of people gathered around this old man. He knew who he was because he had heard about him. His name was Enoch. Look at the chronology. Even though Abraham disappears out of the pages of the Bible and the light of God changes from Abraham to Isaac, Abraham is still alive. When Isaac fades off the scene, steps out of the pages of the Bible, and the focus comes on Jacob, Isaac is still alive. You imagine this young guy, little bitty old guy, and he hears about these stories of these dinosaurs Rome in the paradise of God. And they'd say. Brother Adam would you tell us that one again. About uh, how he used to come down there. and uh, <laughs> Put you all to sleep at night. But I've told that one over and over again. But please would you tell it just once more. Amen. Well it was it was the most wonderful thing. I'm telling you what it was just well, me and Eve, we'd just stay on the earth that day and I'd move trees in the form of furniture. That's the way us Adams do it today, isn't it? And then in the evening I'd say, Eve, sweetheart, it's time for us to go up to the big cathedral to worship God. And directly we'd hear it. And I'd look over in the bushes and there was that yellowish green light. And I'd hear that voice, children, have you enjoyed your stay on earth today? Well, praise the Lord. We couldn't be afraid, but it was a holy reverence. It was on all, but we wasn't afraid. And we'd say, Oh, yes, Papa. He said, I've come down to kiss you. Good night. Little Enoch said, Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to know God that way. So what did he do, Adam? Oh, I'll never forget as long as I live. He had taken, laid me down there in the garden. You know, branches and leaves and everything it was so comfortable. And he laid me down. He'd take my arm and he'd stretch my arm out like that. And I remember it just like it was yesterday. He'd lay my arm out and then he'd take Eve and he'd lay her down in her hair and, you know, put her hair kind of over my arm that way. And then he'd reach over and he'd say, night. He'd reach over and kiss me. Say goodnight. I'd say, night, Papa. Right now, <laughs> <Our children. laughs> what makes you feel funny when you hear a preacher talk that? you've never been able to have that
2: yet yes. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: but it ain't going to be long your Lord Jesus ain't going to lay out your husband's arm but he's going to come walking down the length of that table thousands of miles long and take his garment and reach up and say JD don't cry no more Amen. you'll be able to take your hands and grab a hold of his arm and just pull him over close to you God in light can't do that. God in a consuming fire can't do it. But this is God in in his sonship. Amen. Amen. You imagine living on the earth in the millennium but every day we'll get to be in his presence. The natural kings on the earth will set up the government, their schools. Their education. I've said it several times, I know, but I'm going to keep on saying it until we get off of it. Every school will be a Bible school. You'll be born under the knowledge of God, but the heathen won't be. They will be taught about the Lord. Who do you figure in this building knows me the very best today? My daughters know me well. My son-in-laws know me. You brothers that work with me know me. But who do you reckon knows me the best of all the people in this church today? Of all my friends around the world? Who do you figure knows me the best? You know who it is. It's that little woman sitting right there. And I don't want to brag, but I just want to be flat honest with you. There ain't nobody that knows Jesus
2: like
3: his bride
2: does. Amen.
0: One hundred forty-four thousand. They've got a great, wonderful relationship. The kings of the earth shall have a great, wonderful relationship. But brother Louis, who knows about his grace? Who knows about his mercy? Who knows about his compassion? His forgiveness, like the elect of God. Let us close. So, in retrospect, excuse me as I go backwards. What a great thing it must have been when the volcanoes had cooled down. The tsunamis from the oceans had all lain flat. The black-rich dirt from the heart of the earth had now covered it. The seeds which had been spoken by his word started to sprout. And the waters were washed off and gathered. The great expanse of the waters was gathered up in the expanse of what is called the heavens. And then a great majority of it went down to the earth reserved for flood time. And the reservoirs in the earth. In the dawn of that seventh morning. God makes his son and his wife. Then God says, I'm going to rest now. The great dinosaurs coming through the paradise of God. The great birds with wingspans of who knows how big landing on Adam's shoulders. A beautiful paradise. But Adam's sin put that dawn of the seventh morning on pause. So you're listening to a sermon from Brother Branham or your favorite preacher, whoever it is, someone calls you on the phone. And you pause. To do what later? Resume. Right? So Adam reached over by free moral agency. That's what free moral agency is good for. Reached over and touched the button. Pause. He did not have access to stop. Neither did the devil. So all of a sudden, the seventh morning paused. The dinosaurs started looking at each other different. The wolf, which had laid by the lamb and the little kid, and they were friends and frolicked, and not only as little ones, but as mature ones. All of a sudden, their digestive tract changed. The Earth tilted on its axis. I'm, I'm fast-forwarding much of this, of course. The foliage and the leaves changed. The barometric pressure on the earth become more volatile by which it could change and allow seasons to come on the earth. Great cataclysmic changes started moving on the globe of the earth Why? the seventh morning was paused. So what is the millennium? The finger of the second Adam. Reaches over. Resume. We will walk out on the ashes
3: of the wicked.
0: And when we do, we'll look at what used to be Arizona. For those of you, I think we have some here today from Arizona. And they walk out and say, wow, this ain't Phoenix. Phoenix. We we had to bring our water from the Colorado River. There's foliage everywhere. There's leaves everywhere. Do you understand? There's places in South America that have had not one inch of rain in over a hundred years. The driest place on earth. No rain since records have been kept. But I saw that the other day and I said, hold on, rain's coming. Because when the R-E-I-G-N takes place, R-A-I-N will follow. Yeah. Your soul may be barren and dry today, but if you can get the king to reign, rain will fall. wish we could leave today. I don't mind telling you sermons like this. It's hard on me. I ain't talking about physically. I ain't talking about the strain and all the study you go into. it. I'm just talking about it's hard to come out from underneath this and walk out in the middle of hell again. How can we ever be the same? Sitting at the table of our Lord. I'm glad we don't have to wait actually to sit at His table. I think we're at it now. Don't you love him children? Don't you want to be there more than anything else in this world? Praise God. Oh, Brother Donnie, you want to be a king? You want to be a ruler? I don't want to be nothing except just there. If me and Carol live in the farthest place out, if I'm the last house on the last row of the last run out in the middle of the Bering Street, if there's any Bering or street left, to be there, would be wonderful to me I don't deserve to sit at his table I don't deserve to sit with you all how in the world would I ever compare to a man like David Abraham Isaac brother Branham Luther Wesley Lord have mercy but if I can just be there praise God Well, I want me a mansion right next door to Jesus. With that attitude, I'm not sure you'll even be around. If you think you're that special, there's something wrong. You need an adjustment. Grace helps us to realize none of us deserve it. But it's what God himself gave to us before the foundation of the world. Let's bow our heads together, if you would. Dear Lord Jesus, What can we say after such things, Lord? I believe it, Father. I believe it's true. Lord, how, how? We we need your help so bad to be able to live your word. We don't want to just talk about it, discuss it. We don't want to debate it, argue it. We want to live it, Father. Be the kind of Christians as your word says that you're not ashamed. To call them brethren. That's what I want. The majority of my life is done gone. I've not been a great person and never will be, I know that. I don't have the makeup to be a great person. But if I'm a saved person, a person who lives for you, oh Lord Jesus, help me. I don't have much that I could bring to you today. All I have is me. I'm not smart not intellectual don't have great wealth don't have a business lord if you ask me for a million dollars i I, there's no way in the world if you ask me for way less than that there's no way i could give it to you if you ask me for a great personality i couldn't give you that either if you ask me for a great lineage of a great family no so really i have very little that i could offer But I remember reading in the Bible one day that there was a little boy who skipped school. His mama packed his lunch for him and told him to go on to school and be a good boy. But somehow or another that day, you blessed a boy in his truancy. He missed school, but he attended one of Jesus' meetings. Jesus told his disciples, set set the people down and feed them. They said, Lord, we ain't got enough. So they go search around and say, anybody got anything? That little boy said, well, I'm supposed to be in school and I was going to eat this for lunch. But I don't really what it could do, but I'll give it to Jesus. Glory to God. So they come back to Jesus and say, Lord, we've got this little boy's lunch. Jesus looked at it. It's enough. Lord, you want my lunch? You want my breakfast? My dinner? what, What do you want? If you get me, you get all that. If I keep it to myself, I'll mess myself up. I'll have a ruined life. But if I can give it to you today, Lord, may each of us, men, women, boys, girls, may we be able to give our all to you, Lord. We want to be there so bad, Lord Jesus. Lord, I sit and study on these things. I just go to pining for heaven so bad. I just get so homesick. It makes me feel sad and heavy. But then I think, what about this sister? She's not where she needs to be. What about this brother? They're not where they need to be. Oh, God, bring your children in so we can go home, Father. Help us today, Lord. How many of you with me today would like to give Jesus your lunch, as it were? Your minds, your hearts, your hands, your ability. Amen. Father, we just want to commit it to you now. We love you with all of our hearts. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As we enter into this time, Father of Christmas time, oh how it's so commercialized and taken away from the spiritual aspect of it. Yet we know the prophet preached a Christmas sermon every year. And talked about it so much every year so it still had a sacredness in his heart i think it came for us as well even he would wish the people merry christmas and they would buy him a suit new suit every year so he held an element of it in respect and honor so we today lord jesus we want that christmas gift the one the first the only the original christmas gift jesus christ not wrapped with pretty red bows and ribbons, Santa Claus paper, but the attribute of God wrapped in human flesh. And when he come forth from Mary's womb and took the breath of life for the first time, God breathed. He who made breath, he who made life, took life. The word breathed thank you Father you become that gift that we could be forgiven we as Adam of old accept that innocent lamb I don't understand how it all works but I know one thing it's your program and if you accept it I accept it if you say you'll accept the Lord Jesus in my place I will accept that atonement praise God be with us Lord we love you Father Praise God. Here, can we just sing a little bit of that chorus. I think Brother Louis is going to come. Oh, come, let us adore him. Would you love him today with all your heart? Amen. Children, I want to be with you there. I want to be with you. I want us to be together in eternity. Praise God. All the things that we go through in this life, it'll seem as nothing, seem as nothing when we get there. Oh, my, the things that lay ahead of us. As the people of God. Hallelujah. I think they got one more song, maybe of the, the little children or something afterwards. Oh, come, let us
2: adore oh, Come.
3: Amen. Did you enjoy the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Wasn't it wonderful? Amen. Amen. Makes you, makes you want to go. Makes you want to be there. Amen. Amen. You know, we're looking at one more weekend of this year after today. Wednesday, are we having service Wednesday night? Yeah. We are having service Wednesday night. And next weekend, we'll, we'll uh, be the last services of 2018 but it's been a joyful year God has blessed our our assembly in, in wonderful wonderful ways He has given us a, a godly pastor and a godly pastor's wife and we certainly feel honored you know I, I just don't know how other, other, any other way to say it that we, we're just so blessed that God has done what He has for us Brother Donnie and Sister Carol have been here a long time. A lot of us have been here a long time. A lot of us, we're aging, but it's been such an incredible journey that the Lord has brought us on. You appreciate your pastor and Sister Carol Reagan this morning. I know you do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Have a couple of Christmas cards for Brother Donnie and Sister Carol. We'll place them... In Sister Carol's hands here just in a few minutes. But we will let this choir, I thought it was just a, a, a youth choir, but it's, it's just a massive choir. <laughs> just a massive choir. Let's, you can be seated while they sing for you. After they sing, you can be dismissed. Remember service Wednesday night. And may God bless you this Christmas season. I hope you have a, a wonderful holiday season with all your family and friends. Because He came One of these days What we've been hearing about lately Is going to be more real Than what we are right now And I'm, I can't wait but If
1: anybody asks you If anybody asks you Where I'm going Where I'm going One day soon Wanna know If you wanna know Where I'm going Christmas. (laughs) Christmas. <laughs> where I'm going, Christ yes. in Where I'm going, oh. one day, sir, one day of soon. calls that baby in a major. If you wanna know where I'm going, he yes. hung on a cross and he died. So I. Be changed, oh, see. so I can be changed. I know that I'm going up yonder, going up yonder. I'm gonna step in that light. I'm going in the right.